Well, hi there, boys and girls. Have you ever wanted a podcast that combines sports talk, Lord of the Rings analysis, and parody versions of WAP? No? Well, that's what you're going to get anyway this week on Frustration Nation. We also throw together a Mad Lib, which is one of our favorites. So we hope you enjoy the music, the episode, and the analysis. Let's go! Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN Sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I am your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat. And I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. Furious? What are you upset about today? Aggressive feelings, boy. Let the hate flow through you. Well, hello, boys and girls. Welcome to Vent Sesh with Furious George. Let me tell you what exactly it is that I'm upset about today. I have the strangest erection right now. Oh. (laughs) ASMR. I... (laughs) was cut off in traffic yesterday and it pissed me off more than anything because I get blamed for it by my wife. I get cut off and then it's my fault. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Like, so I was turning, uh, so yeah, I was trying to merge to the right and this is in Chicago land because we were headed home from Labor Day up in Wisconsin, and I'm trying to merge to the right lane. And this jerk face just, like, like floors it to beat me in the merging. And it's just, first of all, it's just the jerkiest thing to do. Like, okay, clearly he needs to get over. Like, and if it's that, like, if it's that important to you to be in front of me, then just wait until we all exit, and then on the highway, you can... Pass me. Like, I'll let you pass me. I don't care. But, like, yeah. I have a kid. I have a car full of my pregnant wife and two children. Like, let me. I t- had my turn signal on. Like, yeah. let me go. And then my wife was like, well, you didn't check. You didn't, like, look. You didn't look in your blind spots and everything. I'm like, I, I did. And then I turned on my turn signal and I got ready to go. And all of a sudden, there's a car there. And the guy was clearly, clearly came out of nowhere. Because, like, when I, ch- I saw him when I looked back to check the blind spots, but he was well behind where he needed to be. Like, it was very clearly intentional by him. And yeah. I'm not even mad that I got blamed for it. I'm just mad that people do that at all. Like, don't, yeah. don't speed up to cause a problem. Like, you're just, I hate it. I hate it. 
there's so many things like that where it's like you're going out of your way to cause a problem same thing if i'm passing somebody and then they start to speed up it's like hey i'm not doing this to be a jerk i'm just passing you because we're going different speeds it's fine now you've got to like speed up because you don't want to be passed like there's things like that where it's like that's such a that's such like a man ego thing like i yeah, can't get like, passed oh, up yeah <laughs> you can't pass me i'm the fastest on the road it's just like it's so frustrating when people do stuff like that and it's like i get frustrated sometimes i can be too aggressive of a driver and not leave enough space like all those things too like i'm not a perfect driver but i'm not trying to intentionally like inconvenience other people like yeah. that yeah that's a the yeah, that's annoying the other thing i wanted to vent about is that so i went to wisconsin for labor day weekend and mm -hmm. every time i go to wisconsin listeners i make it my one of my goals is like i pack like a ton of bears stuff and i wear Respect. bears i wear like my bears stuff all over wisconsin and the reason i do it it's not even because like i do it to piss off packers fans like mm -hmm. i do it because i want them to like be upset that i'm there and i want them to talk to me right and my vent yep. is that I didn't get a single comment from a Packers fan the whole weekend in Wisconsin. I got more comments from other Bears fans who were there for Labor Day weekend saying bear down than I did from Packers fans. And I'm like, I was so mad because mm -hmm. you know what that means? That means they don't view the Bears as a rival anymore because the Bears suck. Or, that's, or like when, that's like when you shared that story. Afraid the rivalry is turning. Maybe could mean that i think it's more yeah. the first thing like you shared you shared that story about how like for a while with your in-laws who are ohio state fans you said like they would razz you but eventually they just stopped saying anything because it's not yeah. even like and it, i i just yeah, th that does suck so <laughs> it just even worse. it makes me mad because it's like i i've worn bear stuff to wisconsin before and i've gotten comments before and now this year i didn't get any comments it's like what is what is the world coming to <laughs> roast me people i'm here, i'm here for it <laughs> yeah i i get where you're coming from call sure. me a big fat slob bears fan i don't care i can take Just it say I'm, something yeah say something disrespectful for once yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good we know you packers uh, fans are jerks just let it out I'm, i can take it yeah yeah you do wonder is it just a random coincidence are thing is it that part of me does wonder though is there a little bit of like dissent in the ranks like our packers fans a little bit not like concerned maybe that but like is there i a know bit some of, like, are hey, sick of aaron Rodgers because there's some of that i think there's some of like hey is jordan love ever gonna start what's the future no. gonna look like you know like so i don't know i wonder if there's it could be that. it yeah, could be I, or maybe just too many of them were busy getting dialysis that weekend, and <laughs> I was unable to. Uh, they didn't. They didn't, I didn't cross paths. So, <laughs> wow, that was that was brutal. All right. Yeah. Hey, if you're a Packers fan, fire back to me. I can take it. Let's go. Glo gloves off. Uh, yeah, that's good. I respect that. Like that's that's being a fan, being willing to take criticism and take jokes and stuff too like we're both people who do that towards each other it's like yep. you know even for people who aren't as well-meaning that's why as irritating as twitter can get sometimes i actually enjoy the comments when it's like you'll comment on a bears or packers post or something and you just know people are going to comment 
you know, like you're going to get 20 comments, people all laughing at you. Like it's it's part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even even like today, the Bears sent out their like mock their mockups for what the property could look like in Arlington Heights if they purchase that property. Yeah, I and did. I actually read through that. Yeah, it's interesting. And I put, uh, I, I shared a picture of how they showed you can see the skyline from the one end of the stadium, which mm-hmm. I think is cool because it's like, hey, it's still the Chicago Bears. But I knew when I mess, I knew when I sent hit, sent it. I knew that I would have people who are the big Chicago people, like the Bears should stay in Chicago. I knew they'd be like, "Oh, it's not the same. You can barely see it." Blah blah. blah. And I just, I'm just like, guys, I grew up in Arlington Heights. I lived there for the first like six years of my like adult life too. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell you that from that area, you can definitely see the skyline. Like, it's not. Like someone was like, "Oh, you mean that little dot in the in the few, like up ahead?" It's like it's definitely more than a dot. Like you can if you I can see the skyline from where like right by my house across the lake and we're like an hour away. Can you actually? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like 10 minutes from Lake Michigan and we can see the skyline. Yeah. So, and like not just occasionally a dot, like almost every day you can And see my point with it more than anything is like the bear is that the bears are still the Chicago bears, right. but people were like, Oh, you can't actually see it. You're not, no one's going to be able to see that. It's like, uh, no, I, I lived in Arlington Heights my whole life. I've, I, I can tell you that when you drive certain directions, you can very clearly see the skyline. It's not yeah. close, but you can see it anyway, off my yeah, soapbox, your turn. So here's, here's what we're going to do. And this transitions well into our next topic. My vent also connects to people who refuse to accept progress. Thank you. And that's going to smoothly go into our college football conversation. Because my vent is all of the Michigan fans who are all up in arms because they know JJ is about to win the starting job. <clears throat> Whichever side you're on, I like, and this is partly going to be my vent sesh, but let, like, let's just start by talking about Michigan and then we'll go from there. But wait, are you venting I, or? <clears throat> So I'm venting about this, okay. but it's also just this will be the topic. Okay. So it's kind of it's just going to be both. I don't have a separate vent, but I am upset about this. I'll always appreciate and love Cade McNamara for what he did last year. The part that he played in that Big Ten championship team, the team that beat Ohio State. I also have enough self-awareness and understanding of the modern way college football is played that I can look at. Cade McNamara and know that he peaked last year and even last year he didn't do that much like he made plays at key moments he was a very good game manager he didn't turn the ball over another great handoff from Cade McNamara (laughs) he was carried by a dominant running game and a dominant defense and like if you look at the Ohio State game Cade didn't throw for a single touchdown he had no touchdowns and one pick Hassan Haskins ran for five touchdowns and the defense dominated you can't count on that again so if you want to go into Columbus and beat Ohio State this year, if you want to beat Michigan State finally, like if you want to win the Big Ten again and accomplish these goals, after you've lost uh, what probably – I mean, the defense is still going to be good, but you've lost what was basically two first-round defensive line players. Like You need to be better on offense. You need to take the risk to have the higher potential. I'm so sick of – People who are, it sounds bad to say okay with mediocrity, but people who are like, 
so tied to one player that they refuse to see the bigger picture yeah of like you need to is jj younger is he gonna make some mistakes maybe but like you gotta try because i think i think a lot of my concern is a lot of michigan fans became too comfortable after last year oh we won the big 10 with Cade. we've beat ohio state with Cade. i don't think you can do it again like just before last year i was calling for harbaugh's job and I didn't think he should stay at Michigan because we weren't getting it done. We finally do once, and now Michigan fans want to let off the gas and just say, like, oh, we can just kind of have a pretty good season. Like, we need to go out and do this again if you're going to, like, maintain that success when it comes to recruiting, shifting power dynamics in the Big Ten. Like, so the whole thing that's Cade started last week, but JJ came in and still had a better game on the week that he was supposed to start. JJ starting this week. I am fully convinced he's going to be the starting quarterback. To me, it feels like Harbaugh already wanted him to be the starting quarterback, and this was kind of his way to give Cade one more shot. Like you, just, It's just time. You move on. You pull the trigger. Cade is going to transfer, and it sucks. But, like, hey, I wish you the best moving forward. We have to do what's best for the team. Um, it's just, my vent, though, it's, is just people resistant to that who are, like, all up in arms and upset because they care more about – Cade or what they think should happen for a starting quarterback or he's a captain I care more about winning the Big Ten and beating Ohio State like mm-hmm. it feels like messed up priorities to me so. yeah it is and then I'll just say on Harbaugh's strategy honestly it's kind of flawed because like it's it's like two off seasons ago for the Bears when Matt Nagy was like all right Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles are duking it out for the starting job Mm-hmm. And it was, and Mitch Trubisky ended up winning. And all of the beat reporters were like, "Did he like? He didn't really have a better camp than Nick Foles. Like, neither guy really showed out." And it's like, I don't know. It was kind of like, "All right, well, we'll just go with Mitchell Trubisky, I guess." And then they just, you know, on a whim, was like, "Well, I guess now it's time for Nick Foles." So let's go to like. It was just weird and arbitrary. Anyway, point is. I think the whole thing of like, well, JJ should be the starter. I'm going to give Cade one more try. It's just kind yeah. of dumb. But I mean, by yep, I agree. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, until Michigan plays a real opponent, he could keep flip flopping mm-hmm. those two guys all he wanted throughout the year. Um, sure, we could. It's just to me, I agree. Like, oh, I'm not saying he should. Make- he could though. Yeah, I just think like eventually, and I think you maybe even it's probably fine. But could JJ have been that much better if he had had the whole offseason being named the starter? Right. And started week one and week two? Maybe. Like, I don't know if it hurts him, but that's why I wouldn't want to string this out any longer. Like, you just need to make the decision. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What so, is JJ's I mean, last I, name? <clears throat> McCarthy. That's right. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's really all the thoughts I have on Michigan. Like, we're not going to learn anything really about them. The defense looked really good, but. Again, like a lot of that's a product of who they played. We're not going to really learn anything about them for another month, honestly, based on who they're playing. So I would rather just make the decision at quarterback, and then at least I can have faith that things are developing and progressing well while we're winning these meaningless games. Um, so yeah, that's all for Michigan. Obviously, Notre Dame played the bigger game. Um, so what are your thoughts on the game in general? I, I have a lot more thoughts, honestly, on the Notre Dame game than the Michigan game. Because I knew we wouldn't learn anything about Michigan. 
Yeah, real quick on Michigan, Mike, I have a question for you. And that question is, yeah. when you have so long, like it's like the first five or six weeks where you don't really play anyone of great con- consequence. Yeah. Is that more helpful or hurtful to your starting team? Would you say? I'm sure it's different on a case by case basis, but like, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I could see both sides. I feel like your team, it's kind of like your team learns more from a loss than they do a win sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think also your team learns a lot from a, a hard week of prep for a legit opponent than yeah. they do maybe coasting to wins. A lot of it probably depends how good your coaching staff is. Maybe you can still get that same improvement week to week prepping for a nobody school if you go into it with the right mindset but i could see it be in a situation where the team starts to like oh we're ranked top three now like we're unbeatable nobody's even come close and then you kind of get smacked in the mouth by somebody like somebody hits you back for the first oh, time oh yeah seven <laughs> seven weeks into the season and maybe you've kind of got a little too complacent i it obviously it depends on the coaching staff but I kind of would like to see not even like I don't think you need to play like Notre Dame did the second best team in the country or anything, but like play a competent team week two or week three. I think kind of gives you it gets you a little more used to prep in a in a more meaningful way is just my guess. But I don't know. Not that I'm convinced it hurts them or anything. It's interesting. An interesting question. But all right. So my reaction to Notre Dame, Ohio State, um, I was actually telling my students about this today because I have a student who's an Ohio State fan, and I was just telling him, like... I'm sorry. I know. I was just telling him, like, the whole the whole time, like, the whole this whole offseason, my focus had been, like, just look competitive against Ohio State. Like, just be in the game against Ohio State. Just cover against Ohio State like those are like my priorities and I never I never expected like Notre Dame to be in a position to actually win and then when they were I found myself so disappointed that they didn't pull it off you know what I mean because it was like which I I would be too it's like you were that close like when it was it was 10 to 3 or I'm sorry 10 to 7 and Notre Dame was driving at one point and I really I really felt like if you can score on this drive, make it 17 to seven, like it didn't, it wasn't like, Oh, the game's over. Cause it was like in the third quarter, but it still felt like you are I in feel control like favored at that point for the first yeah. time in the game. Yeah. Um, and if I'm being honest, like Notre Dame was getting, I think a lot of calls kind of going their way in the game. Um, mm-hmm. like things were, I, I don't know. I, in the end, I was impressed with what Notre Dame did against number two with the you know first time head coach. Um, what's interesting is that under Marcus Freeman now, Notre Dame has played two games. One is the bowl game against Oklahoma State, and then this game. And in both games, they were against highly ranked opponents. And in both games, Notre Dame was in control and had the lead going into halftime. And in both games, they lost. And so it's interesting. To me, that suggests that there is something that they are doing right, but also something that they're clearly doing wrong. Um, 
and it feels like that's a common new coach issue because like halftime adjustments are a clear sign of like which coach is better probably and so uh, not that he can't get to that point but it feels like he probably was out adjusted at halftime of both games yeah it's hard though because like ohio state's so talented it could have just been from that but right so a lot of the blame in this game goes towards Tommy Reese, who, mm-hmm. when Notre Dame had the lead, and Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator, he got very conservative. And, like, once Notre Dame had the lead, he was, like, it almost was like he was so scared to take any risks anymore. Like, he that went punt when you're, like, on the 35 or 40-yard yeah. line. I know it's fourth down and not short, but it was like wasn't, like, fourth and seven, and you're punting from inside the 40. Like, to me... I don't know about that. Like I feel, and like- the defense have been playing so well. Like in some ways, it's yeah. worth the risk to like go for it. It try, you know, if you can, if you convert it, you may go on get a touchdown or a field goal at least. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, hope your defense can stand strong. No, there was that, and then towards the end of the game, when there's like six minutes left or whatever, and now you're down seventeen to seven at that point, um, or whatever it was, fourteen to ten. I don't remember. A 14 to 10. Yeah, it was 14 to 10. Um, and you needed to score. Was So you had, you had like a nice play, and then it was offensive pass interference, and that pushed you back. And then all of a sudden it's third and 18, and you call – well, no. So it, it, was, it was like first down – no, it was second down and 18 after the – or second down and like 20 after the offensive pass interference they do a running back draw and then they do a quarterback draw. And I was like, okay, like you didn't even try. Like you just basically you were like, okay, we're still in this game. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to concede this drive. We'll try again on the next one. Yeah. And they were in Ohio state territory. And it's just like, it makes no. Yeah. So that, that's the most irritating part was that he got conservative. So Tommy Reese is, he does not have anybody holding his hand now. Like, this is all on him. He's going to feel the wrath from Notre Dame fans if he doesn't turn this playbook around quickly. And, I mean, he's lucky that for the next several weeks, Notre Dame plays nobodies because they should have no problem scoring points. But, you know, you better believe when it comes to Notre Dame against BYU in Vegas, Notre Dame against Clemson, Notre Dame against USC, you better believe that we better be seeing. I, I don't, I understand being conservative at certain points in the game but possibly mm-hmm. but when you're facing these top opponents like it's boomer bust when when especially when you're the underdog like Notre Dame was yeah, like it's that's it for me yeah it's worth it to just take the risk like the first play the Notre Dame had from scrimmage where they had like a 65 yard gain or whatever on like the mm-hmm. tight end pass yep. that was awesome and that's the kind of risk yeah. you should be taking against Ohio State um, I could, that's the main point for me is like if you're the team who's not favored, you're the team on the road, you're the team nobody thinks is going to win, to me, and it's I know it's a difference in philosophy and all that, to me, you take the risks. Because yeah. if you're Ohio State, you're going to play conservatively. If you have the chance to tie it up late, yeah, we'll go to overtime. If you're Notre Dame, I'm going to go for two because I'm not supposed to be even in this game. Like I think your philosophy should change based on if you're the favorite or not. I've just yeah. always thought that, you know, like if I'm the underdog and I have the chance to go for two or go for an onside kick or go for a fourth down in my own territory, middle of the game, like you do those kind of things when you're not supposed to be in the game. So. 
as for Marcus Freeman and the defense, like this defense seemed really well coached up. Like yeah, they did. they yep. did start to look gassed at the end of the game a little bit, but that's because the offense was doing nothing. But they held their ground against a very high power or tout, high highly touted Ohio State offense, and I mean. I saw some stat that was like 21 points is like the lowest Ohio State scored since like 2017 or something like you you held them to like a historically low point total and I mean it it was just flat out impressive that they were able to do that Um, Mm -hmm. and the defense is the reason Notre Dame was in that game so defensively I feel really good about them I feel like Notre Dame could end up potentially with one of the better defensive units in the country. Um, yep. Well, and a lot of that is due to Marcus Freeman, I think. So it's all, it all comes down to um, Tommy Reese. Cause I thought Tyler Buckner, I know you were a little critical of him. I thought he looked good for, I mean, this was his first start in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Like with all that being considered, on. he was very good. Yeah. Overall. Um, he, I mean, he was, he made mistakes obviously, but he wasn't helped at times too. And he well, made several really big plays too. Like I, yeah, they couldn't. The reason they couldn't get the running lost. game go- going, and nobody yeah. was getting open because you know that you know Ohio State was double teaming Mayer, which means yeah. somebody somewhere should be getting loose, and nobody was. So I don't know what these other receivers are doing, but they were not getting open. I know that much. So anyway, in the end, I was I'm satisfied with the fact that you were competitive, that you covered that at least one phase of your team looked very strong against Ohio State. I think it's even though you lost the game, it's a success in the sense that you have start you've now raised a lot of questions about Ohio State in oh yeah, the nation and I'll I think, always appreciate that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And I think that in its in and of itself is also a success. Apparently Ryan Day in his press conference was like very excited about this win apparently oh yeah like ryan day is such a scumbag apparently he ryan days i'm at the point i'm almost ready to say ryan day sucks as a coach apparently he's super talented but i don't know apparently he came out and was like like they asked him like what his mood was about the game knowing that ohio state really didn't look that good and he was like i feel great are you kidding me we just beat the a top five team in the country and he said something about like between michigan I think what it was is like their past four games have all been against like top 10 opponents. So they played, it was like Michigan state, Utah, Michigan, and Notre Dame. And it was like, Mm. we've played top 10 opponents four games in a row. And the last two of those were top five or whatever. And it was like, okay. Like, (laughs) but it's like a different season. I don't know. In any case, I, I well, was happy CJ that they... Stroud came out after the game and was like, we proved a lot of people wrong. People said we weren't physical, said we couldn't run the ball, and we proved them wrong. I was like, they did, did run the ball well. Because, like, you kind of, the whole thing was like... They ran the ball well, but where were physical. the receivers? Smith and Jigba yeah, was injured, to me, but then what about the I other guys? Think, I don't think Ohio State proved much, or if I'm an Ohio State fan... I feel less confident today about beating Michigan and winning the Big Ten than I did on Friday. Um, no, and, and uh, so I don't. I think I told you this game to me says more about Notre Dame than it does Ohio State. 
I agree, and I think Ohio State will be better. Like, they'll get clicking. Jigba will be back. I know, too, like, you look back at, like, Georgia beat Clemson 10-7 or whatever, right? Yeah. And then ended up being great a great team. But also, it's people will say that and dismiss it, but, like, Georgia did show in that game that their defense was a lot better than their offense, and that remained true for a long time. So you can still learn stuff from early games. I don't know. I think it's t- – I don't want to overreact to it, but as a Michigan fan – it gives you that little bit of a thought like you kind of assume going into Columbus chip on their shoulder revenge game Ohio State's going to be very close to like almost unbeatable you get that feel a little bit this year this kind of says like hey maybe they're not and if Michigan can win two in a row now and now you're going on it'll be the fourth year since they beat you last because with that COVID year you never played like well, I know it's let me, fun to think about. I have so I want to talk about the rankings because I have some thoughts on this. So Alabama, yeah. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Texas A and M, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Baylor, USC is your top ten. And okay. I here's my thoughts. First of all, it says a lot about how Ohio State looked in that game. The fact that they beat a top five team and went down in the rankings. Yeah, they went from two to Which, three. Which, Which a lot of that is Georgia looked like absolute monsters. Like they completely dog walked Oregon. But yeah, it's a good point, you know. <laughs> I, I it's just interesting because Yeah. Yes, paper, Georgia dog walked them but Oregon was impressive. number eleven, I think. Notre Dame is number yeah. was number five. Like right. two That's beat true. five. In most cases, two beat and like Alabama beat nobody. So like I, if I were an Ohio State fan, I would be arguing that Ohio State should be number one because they beat yeah. the top five team, you know? Yeah. Um, but and, that tells me the eye test tells you exactly, otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's my first thought. Yeah. My second thought is um, I, you know, it's interesting to me Michigan jumps from then eight to four. It seems Michigan like should never have been eight to begin with, but they I agree. shouldn't be four. But they also shouldn't be four now. So yeah, so I feel like I. It's funny because like I felt like Michigan should have been where Notre Dame was at five. Michigan should have been at five or six, and they still should be at five or six. I, yep, I completely agree with that. Clemson, yeah. I don't know what to do with Clemson because they did end up with a good margin of victory, but they from I didn't watch the game, but from all accounts, they looked bad. For most they of the game, very bad. I watched the whole game, and yeah, they did not look good. Um, their fifth Again, Georgia Tech is one of the worst teams in football. Too. Yeah, it's not like they played like an average team. Yeah, I don't know. My my really my final thought was I was just impressed that Notre Dame managed to stay in the top ten. I thought losing to Ohio State, you're probably going to end up outside of the top ten. I thought like eleven to thirteen range or something like that. And I liked I, where they ended up. I thought that was – I think it's fair. I know you can't keep them higher, but I'm glad they weren't lower. You I know, think, I think it's rewarding spot. their effort against Ohio State while yep. acknowledging that they lost the game, but yep, they, they didn't get blown out. Like, I'm I'm comfortable with it. I was just still surprised. So, yeah, I agree. One final thought on Notre Dame, and it kind of like you did with Michigan, like a follow-up question – I guess I'm asking, like, is this concerning? But I'm also just making a statement that this is what I think. Like, the reason I am so high on, like, the league is going 
in in the NFL, the league is going like Shanahan tree, McVay tree. It wants like offensive minded young head coaches. And there's concern sometimes about defensive minded guys. I think that's overblown. I think there's going to kind of be a correction and a bounce back. Eventually, now people are going to want defensive coaches. It all ebbs and flows, yeah. It all ebbs and flows, right? So there is that concern, though, that I think – so this is kind of applies to Eberflus and Freeman. I think sp- – talking about Freeman, though, specifically right now, like his recruiting obviously is good. His defense looks like it's already – like his identity on the defense is already being seen. It feels, though, like the, the risk is that you're always – at the mercy of whoever your offensive coordinator is because you have those two pieces down really well but for for good or for bad the offensive coordinator you select is going to be the limiting factor you know like if you have a, a head coach who calls the plays you can know like hey I feel really good about I know my head coach is going to be also running the offense and that's always going to be pretty stable it feels like you're taking that risk of like and again, not that he can't be successful. Bill Belichick's a defensive-minded head coach, but like, there's always that part of it. So whether it's Tommy Reese or somebody else, and then with the Bears, whether it's Getzey or somebody else, like that other person is going to be what makes the offense go hmm. in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, is that like, is that I I think that can be overblown. Is that a legitimate concern? Is that something you at all I'm wonder about moving forward? I'm not – there's a, a sect of Notre Dame people who are, like, very excited about Tommy Reese. I've – Yeah. Without – and a lot of it, like, he was a quarterback for Notre Dame, so there's, like, the nostalgia factor. I respect him for turning down Brian Kelly's lucrative offer to stay with Notre Dame. But as far as his offensive playing play calling goes, I've never been – wowed by it and i know people have said that that's because brian kelly kind of had a stranglehold on it which is fine it's a fine excuse but already in game one you see very major concerns um Mm -hmm. with it so i i do think i i think your statement in general i think it can be overblown in the sense that, like, if you have a good coach and can establish good culture, whether you're talking about NFL or college, that you can have success. Mm-hmm. But it really – so much – it's such a case-to-case basis, and, it's, and it depends on who is on your roster. Because you look at someone like Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Like, okay, defensive head coach Bill Belichick. But – he won six Super Bowls largely because of Tom Brady. Now, yeah. like, is that bec- attributed to – like, I don't think Belichick was ever at the mercy of an offensive coordinator. He was at the mercy of yeah. Tom Brady's performance. You know what Brady I mean? Brady was so transcendent that he basically was the offensive coordinator. Right. So, when yeah. you're talking about yeah, college, right. it's like Tommy Reese. like, what, a question I have is – are the plays that he's calling, are they written up considering the talent Notre Dame has in mind? Because Notre Dame this year is not top in the recruiting. Like, they don't have, like, a bunch of five-star receivers. So, like, these plays you're drawing up, 
it doesn't help those lesser receivers get open. Do you realize that you have Tyler Buckner, who's a four-star, as opposed to C.J. Carr, who you'll have in a couple of years, who's a five-star? Like, there's... I don't know. I mean, I would hope that he knows who's on his team, but it's just hard to know that. So I think depending on – like for the Bears, you look at developing Justin Fields, like you definitely feel like you're at the mercy of Luke Getze because it's like Mm -hmm. Nagy screwed it up, and now you're in the second year of Fields' career. Eberflus isn't going to help because he's defensive. Like – He's a, I think he's a good coach in terms of motivating his players, but in terms of like tangible quarterbacky offensey things, you better hope that Luke Getze is the answer. And I'm really confident that he will be, but it's it, it, yes, I do feel like the Bears are at the mercy. And currently with Tyler Buckner, I do feel like Notre Dame's kind of at the mercy of whatever Tommy Reese can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, yeah, I think. Unless you that's can, a good point about Brady. Unless you have like a somebody who's so good that they, and that's like what I'm hoping with McCarthy. Like, because Harbaugh does have a huge factor in the yeah. offense. He does. You, yeah, at times he's called plays, but it's always his offense, regardless of whether he's calling the plays or not. Which means we're always very run heavy. We don't have a like a high profile quarterback throwing forty times a game. But if JJ McCarthy is that guy who's so good that he like, has no choice but to do that, <laughs> then it's like. You know, it, there's they're a transcendent player to where it overcomes that. So yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. All right, but if Freeman does everything else well, and then you trust him to put the right offensive guy in place, maybe over a year where it's not the right guy, but then you replace him, you figure it out, everything comes together, and it's well. Worth it, so and the people need to remember too, like everything happened on such a whim with Kelly's decision to leave, and there were so many moving pieces, like. I bet Freeman more like I know he had the whole off season, but I bet Freeman more or less was just thrilled to be able to maintain any level of consistency he could with the coaches that were there. Maybe a year from now, we find out that Freeman and Reese didn't really get along. I don't know. I don't think that's the case, right. but you know, who 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 knows? Um, in the end, it's a results based business. So Tommy Reese either get the job done or don't and leave you know yep all right for sure mad lib let's do it i can't get these memories out of my mind and some kind of This is madness! But I don't want to go among mad people. Oh, you can't help that. Most everyone's mad here. (laughs) So we talked about the rankings a little bit. You ran through the rankings, which will relate to this a little bit. So um, obviously... By now, if you've listened to our show before, or if you just have done road trip games, you know what a Mad Lib is. I'm going to give you, uh, Furious George, a list of 
nouns, verbs, adjectives, things like that, you're going to fill those in without knowing what this article or story is that I found, and then we'll read it together. So are you ready to go? Yes, I am. All right. I need a verb. Hmm. Is it like an ed or ing or? I'll adjust it. Okay. Yeah. Erect. Either one. Oh. Yes. Okay. I need a noun. Hmm. Erection. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew that, that that fits really well right there. I need another noun. Hmm. Correction. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's go with insurrection. No. Resurrection. <laughs> insurrection. Let's go. Let's go with knockers. Oh. All right. I need a verb. Flabbergasted. That's the okay. no sound the knockers Add make when you motorboat them. All right. I need. I need uh, a noun. Wait, what do you need? A noun. Didn't you say something about an adjective? Oh. Yes, I need an adjective. Oh, okay. You, yeah. yeah, adjective. Um, stanky. Oh. All right, now I need a noun. Um, sperm whale. Hmm. Verb. Um, let's go with resuscitate. Okay. Location can be anything. Hmm. Uranus. Okay. The planet? Which spelling would you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> How Adjective. Yeah. Um, I put the play in it, but take it how you will. Adjective, adjective, adjective. Let's go with... Um, erect. Mm. <laughs> Sensing a common theme. I need a... So I need a celebrity. There's a few of these. I put celebrity, but mm. it can be any famous person, a fictional character. It can, it's just a name of somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. Okay, hold on. Real, I got, not let me real. think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. All right. How how many of these are there? Uh, I think there's two total, but they're in different spots. Okay, maybe three. Uh. All right, we're going to go. If you have more than one, I'll fill that one in, too. Yeah, I see two. Okay. Um, John F. Kennedy. Okay. One more. And let's go with Hermione. I need a past tense verb, which I guess I've just been changing the tense, but there I specified. So, um, 
uh let's go with um oh what's the word um that is up to you what's that i said that's up to you oh let's go with castrated Mm. all right i need an adjective Um, we're going to go with French Canadian. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I need a plural noun. Dildos. Ooh. Need a number. Um, let's go with seven quintillion, six hundred million, four. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you do that. That'd that'd be annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Were you? (laughs) Let's go with the number can be. Will this work if for the formatting, if you put the number to be. However much Jeff Bezos' left pinky toe is worth. Uh, no. Okay. Like a number Dang it. Number. Okay. Um, <laughs> that let's, funny, but let's go. I, with, I like the try, but no. Um, let's go with double zeros. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Double oh seven. Double oh seven. That's what I want. Nice. Good reference. Um, verb. Um, let's go with ejaculate. Okay. This one, it can be whatever you want. I need a funny name for a stadium. Hmm. Like, just come up with whatever it sounds like. It'd be a funny name for a football stadium. Joe Rogan tin foil hat and Aaron Rodgers Ayahuasca Stadium brought to you by InfoWars. <laughs> All right, let me make sure I get this right. <laughs> Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's hat. tin foil hats, Aaron Ro- and Aaron Rodgers Ayahuasca brought to you, Stadium brought to you by InfoWars. Okay, Rodgers. Just really flows off the tongue. I know, right? Wouldn't you love to hear like Jim Nance saying that on CBS? Like, here we are today from sunny Philadelphia at the Joe Rogan's Tinfoil Hat, Aaron Rodgers Ayahuasca Stadium, brought to you by InfoWars. They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> that was more than I expected. All right, I got it all typed out. All right. I need a noun. Um Let's go with cuticle. Okay. You know what that is, right? Yes, I do. Okay. A part of the rectum. I need another noun. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a topic I had to name. I'd be like, uh. Oh, rec- name a part of the rectum. Rectum? <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. That is a part of it. What do you need? Another noun. Cooch. Oh. Okay. 
I need a verb. Let's go with um let's go with um graduate. Okay. I need a noun. Let's go with a pirate ship. Pirate ship. All right, I need a adjective. Gay. Okay. Uh, I need a noun. Um, I think I just have a couple left here. Let's go with, um, a noun. Let's go with. See, when you're getting towards the end, this is when you are trying to think of like something interesting to say. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Can we? Do, can I do a proper noun? Does that fit here? Uh, yes. Thomas Jefferson's mansion, Monticello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Tom, say that again. Thomas, Thomas Jefferson's mansion. Jefferson. Monticello. <laughs> this could be interesting. Not Manti Teo, Monticello. <laughs> um, all right. Noun. Flip flop. Okay. Need a number. 69. Nice. Classic. Another noun. G string. Oh. I need another noun. A lot of nouns. For this other noun, let's go with um cornflakes. Oh. Um and then I need an adverb. Hmm. Let's a rare adverb. Yeah. I like to tell my students adverbs end in, often end in L-Y with some exceptions, and one of those exceptions is the word butterfly. Ooh. Yeah. Um, we're going to go with... Oh, I thought that was your one. doesn't really make sense there, though. So, Let's go with... I'm trying to think here. Um, seductively. Oh, that actually is the word I would have picked to describe <laughs> what the story is. All right. Okay. Noun and a verb, and I think that's it. Let me look real quick. Yeah, noun, verb. Okay. Yep, that's it. Okay. 
Um, for another noun, we're going to go with um, a tapeworm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and for a verb, we're going to go with um, hump. Oh, all right. Plural body part. Oh. Uh, let's go with clitori. Mm. <laughs> that is going to be very interesting. Okay. Clitoris. Right, I clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I need a negative adjective and an insulting noun. Okay. So no, I don't know if this is negative or not, but I really want to use Fergalicious. Yes, that does work. <laughs> okay, and then I need like an insult or a name you call somebody, just like an insulting sounding noun. I'll let you know if it works. Um, Peter Bukowski. Okay, that works. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to hear ESPN's thoughts on the AP Top 25 College Football Poll reaction? Yes. What's next for each ranked team? Here we go. First ranked team, Alabama at number one. ESPN says, quote, a 55 to nothing win to start the season is nothing to erect at. Neither is 278 yards flabbergasting. That's right. Keep it in your pants, Roll Tide. <laughs> But when you're the Crimson Knockers, <laughs> nice. you're competing for a national championship, and your coach is named Nick the Erection Saban. Woohoo, boy. You nitpick the details. Recruited. Looking at the sperm whale, the line was able to resuscitate up front, up front, down in and down out. It wasn't terribly what? stanking. Down in and Look, down out? Like. Down after down, I guess. Yeah, that's a weird way to say it. I was just emphasizing going down in and oh. down out. Yeah. Oh. And something about out. a sperm whale going down in. <laughs> hmm. It wasn't terribly stanky. Well, I beg to differ. The consistency, Saban said, wasn't what it needed to be. That could be taken different ways also. And that was against Uranus State. Number two, Georgia. As good as Georgia's erect defense looked in a 49-3 route of Oregon, there's still plenty for the Bulldogs to graduate. Georgia didn't have a sack against Ducks. Oh, don't have a word there. Ducks adjective, Bo Nix. Um, 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 which um, actually um, that'd be a noun. Oh, wait. Yeah, that should be a noun anyway. You need a noun? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh... I did Fergalicious. Let's do Black Eyed Peas. Okay. All right. Georgia didn't have a sack against Ducks Black Eyed Pea Bo Nix, but it did apply cuticles. The secondary, with freshman safety JFK on the field, looks as dynamic <laughs> as it has ever been. FCS opponent Samford coming to visit Joe Rogan's tinfoil hat and Aaron Rodgers' Ayahuasca Stadium brought to you by InfoWars on Saturday. <laughs> The Bulldogs can ejaculate themselves the next two weeks. Oh, boy. <laughs> no better place to do it. 
than the Joe Rogan tinfoil hat and Aaron Rodgers Hiawaska Stadium brought to you by InfoWars. <laughs> Number three, Ohio State. The French-Canadian question for the Buckeyes <laughs> coming into the season was the defense. And those dildos made a statement against Notre Dame. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Ohio State allowed only 007 total yards to go with zero points in the second half against the Irish and showed the changes they've been working on in this offseason under new coordinator Hermione Granger. <laughs> the Buckeyes castrated the first test and have Arkansas State and Toledo before facing Wisconsin at home. Judging by their first game, Ohio State is going to be a gay Thomas Jefferson's mansion Monticello. <laughs> okay. For the teams on its schedule. That's, That's pretty, pretty historically accurate, actually. <laughs> <laughs> A gay mansion, indeed. I mean, um, Thomas Jefferson was at least sexually promiscuous. We know that. Go on. With every other founder. Of yeah. <laughs> hey, hard work makes you horny. That's all. That's... <laughs> Imagine establishing the greatest country on earth. Yeah. Imagine all Benjamin the... Franklin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Invented electricity, basically. Yeah. Why do you think Elon Musk has so many children? He's hard at work every day. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, all right. Number four, Michigan. Your Michigan Wolverines. J.J. McCarthy is going to get the cooch <laughs> in the next game against Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know yes, he is. He is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> J.J. <laughs> oh, McCarthy is going to get the cooch in his next game against Hawaii as he battles Cade McNamara for the G-string. Oh, yeah. McCarthy played seductively in the second half of the first tapeworm against Ohio Colorado State, oh. com- completing... Four of four passes for 69 yards. Nice. McNamara didn't have his best start, and McCarthy has an opportunity to take the flip-flops if he can hump in the second game. (laughs) Oh. McCarthy brings a different cornflake to the offense with his ability to make plays with his clitter eye. (laughs) But Coach Jim Harbaugh said the competition will go on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. So... So he's going to get the cooch <laughs> as he battles for the G-string and plays seductively, making plays with his clitter eye. <laughs> that accurately describes my feel in play as well. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I'm, my face is like, so. I'm like warm laughing at this. <sighs> and then let's skip ahead a little bit to number eight. Notre Dame, short and sweet. This team is absolute Fergalicious Peter Bukowski. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ESPN. Uh, good stuff. I think that's a good way to round out our discussion. Uh, that well, Michigan. That's pretty accurate because. Of, uh, yeah. That's pretty accurate because Fergalicious definition make the boys go loco, and mm. the Fighting Irish do make their fans go loco. That's for sure. There you go. Nice. Good job. Twisted that better than Pukowski himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that. Pukowski can really twist some takes, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes, he can. Well, speaking of those takes, what do we want to do as far as NFL? Like, as we, the season's about to start, we're going to transition our topic to that. Um, 
Do we just want to talk through Bears-Lions game one specifically? We have the scorecast, so if you want to hear our thoughts on every game, uh, listen to the Shoot Your Shot scorecast later this week. I guess if you're listening to this, it's already out. Um, so go to our Twitter, at SYSS scorecast uh, for clips of all of our thoughts on the games. But do we just want to do just Bears-Lions? Uh, yeah, I think Bears-Lions, anything else that's worth mentioning, um, you right. can mention – um real quick bears in bears news two things one the bears have released sketches for if they were to move to arlington heights and they kept saying if we do this deal if we move to arlington heights if this happens if when. this yeah when yeah when 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 sorry um, Lori. one of one of the people i follow who's a bears fan he posted the paragraph where they keep saying if 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 and then he posted next with the oj simpson book if i did it <laughs> It was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, so that's basically happening for sure. And they have oh, these all this plan for like, sweet. yeah, because they're gonna. It's did you see how big that like entertainment district is gonna be? I really wonder. So the whole district Detroit thing that the I, that is still in progress, but that Detroit tried to do. It's such a great concept. You wonder is it all gonna be like Detroit, or is it all gonna be sports based? Is it going to be like movie theaters and stuff? Like, there's so much potential. I'm just curious what that actually. I looks like. yeah, I'm curious too. I know a lot of fans are hoping for a sports book. Um, yeah, that'd be sweet because there's one in Detroit. There's the this points bet sports book is a sponsor. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. My, I mean, obviously bars and stuff, but like yep. if you could bring in stuff like concerts and you know move, movie theaters, things like that, to give you a reason to go down there, it'd be cool because be like, hey, let's go down there and we'll also. Go see the Bears stadium and drive yeah. around. You know, like my you guess. Take your kids, so. My guess is there will be some things there that are Bears and football related. Like I'm sure there will be. You could have museums there and stuff. Yeah, museums. I'm sure there will be Bears themed bars and Bears themed shops and restaurants. But I don't think it's yeah. all going to be that. Like, yeah, you'll have some of those things. Yeah. But then, <clears throat> I mean, realistically, you're probably going to put in a Giordano's and a Portillo's because of people out of town. Like you're probably going to, you know, then you're going to open up to other just people that want to be there. I don't know. I don't know if I see a movie theater being there necessarily. Um, Yeah. But it's so exciting to me thinking through that. Like that's probably like, I would think probably like a couple hotels even. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Parking garage. Like you got to think about, it's got to be something that would, aid concert goers super bowl regular season football college football final four goers like what do people need they need lodging they need transportation they need places to shop and to eat i mean i could see i could see a movie theater may i'm sure there'll be something that's entertainment related but most of the time i mean if you're going to a concert you're not like, oh, what am I going to do the rest of the day? Like, you're yeah, just, right. you know, I don't know. So, And they absolutely will get a Super Bowl. They'll absolutely get March Madness. Like, all those things you're yeah. talking about. Like, it's not a question of, oh, maybe we could host. Like, you would, for sure. And people, a lot of people have said, yeah, but in the end, they always take the Super Bowl back to warm places. Like, they'll take them to a new stadium because it's there, but they'll go back to the, a, a warm place. I push back on that, because, and basically, so some Bears fans are saying you'll get one Super Bowl and that'll be it. I push back simply because it's Chicago 
and Chicago is a big enough it, it's one of the biggest markets in the country and I think based on that alone you're going to get you're going to get more than one and I'm not saying they're going to be like close together I mean you have other stadiums yeah. that need to be included but I do You'll think, get another one eventually. Yeah. And I mean, but like the Lions got a Super Bowl, and yeah, we haven't had another one, but we just are getting the draft next year. So, like, you'll still get new events down the line. Plus, think about this college football, playoffs expanding. You're probably going to have a playoff game there about every year. Yep. Um, and then also, in I mean, fact, in fact, Big Ten is very regional, you know. Well, let yeah. me just say, like. Neutral site Big Ten games. Yeah, yeah, so Big Ten plays the championship game at Lucas Oil. Well, mm-hmm. the, like, credited birthplace of the Big Ten and the headquarters of the Big Ten is Chicago. So. Yeah. And now you're going to have a Big Ten semifinal because they're going to do, a like, a semifinal of the conference championship moving forward, I think. Yeah. So you could have one in Lucas Oil, one in Chicago. You, yeah, you very well yeah. could. There's no. going to be so many opportunities. So, yeah, it's exciting. I love stuff like that. Um, be great. So, yeah, that that's the one piece of news. The other is that the Bears' longtime president of the team, Ted Phillips, is retiring at the end of the season. Um, oh, no. I have a lot You're of... Th- heartbroken. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I haven't really had time to really flush them all out though my thoughts will be shared on my next episode of full press bears which will come out this thursday night um so make sure you check that out we'll be previewing the bears 49ers game and talking about that okay regarding bears 49ers bears are at home and are seven point dogs which means that vegas thinks that the niners are better by 10 points which because you the home team gets the three point advantage in football which is a lot for a <laughs> trey lance making his debut basically yeah so. so here are some things that to many of the national media and maybe to you maybe hot takes probably not to you because you know where i stand with this one trey lance may be good at some point but in this game he is going to be hot dog water two <laughs> the bears are going to open up a lot of eyes and raise a lot of eyebrows in the NFL. I'm not saying they're going to prove all the doubters wrong or whatever, but I'm saying after this game, people are not going to be saying, oh, the Bears are a three-win team. After this game, they're going to say the Bears are at least a six-win team. Like, that's more what I'm expecting. Um, <clears throat> and even that could be even if the Bears lose the game. Even if they lose the game, if they look competitive against a team that's as highly touted as the Niners, kind of a similar thing with Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I was just thinking that. So there's that. Um, yep. But my really my last hot take is that I'm going to be putting money on the Bears' money line because mm. I don't even know what it is, but I'm assuming it's major plus money. And you're Probably at plus 180 ish, at least. Yeah. You're at home. And Justin Fields is coming off of, I mean, it was preseason, but probably his best performance for the Bears ever. Like, there's a lot of confidence coming into this game. There's a lot of positivity. You're getting your injured receivers and linemen back. Like, they're, you know, I know the Niners are healthy too. It's week one. Everyone should be relatively healthy. But the point is, I, I really think Justin Fields is going to open eyes in this game. 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's just first week blind optimism, but it's a, a feeling I have. I don't think the Niners are as good as everyone's saying. And I think the Bears are better than everyone's saying. So I'm going to take the Bears to win. I couldn't give you a score. More than likely, it's going to be like 24 to 22 or something like that. Like, it'll be a close game for sure. Um, but that that's going to be my, my take on that. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree with a lot of the logic. I think it will, if I had to predict it. It's going to be, like you mentioned, one of those games where they open eyes, people are can feel good about it, but they lose, but they cover. So I think it's going to be seen the same way the Notre Dame game was. Like, hey, this team's better than we thought. Does the say more about the Bears or the Niners? The national media is going to act like it says more about the Niners, which will also piss off Bears fans. <laughs> um, they're going to say, what well, the Niners did this to make it close. Trey Lance, is he that good? And all that. Bears fans are going to say, where's the credit for us? Yep. I think the Bears lose. I think they lose by, like, four points. And, yeah, I agree with, like, we might disagree on the total number they get to, but it's going to show. I've never been on the side that I think the Bears are going to go winless or be, like, the worst team in football. So, And was, I think a lot of people who do think that might change their mind after week one. So it was pointed out to me today that the Bears have only won three wins, only one other time in their history. And... Mm. That happened um, in 2016, and the person's point was that was the year the Cubs won the World Series, and they said literally it's going to yeah. take a Chicago breaking like curse breaking team to bring the Bears back to three wins, and they were like, <laughs> it's not happening this year. And also their point was Matt Barkley started eight games that season, yeah, like as a backup, like. <clears throat> If Fields, if Fields gets injured, then sure, it's a different story. But if Fields stays healthy... All bets are off. That's true of every team, too. Yeah. It's like Lions fans say the same thing. Well, if Goff gets hurt, look how bad Tim Boyle is. Every team's like that. If your court right. starting quarterback gets hurt, you readjust the t- expectation. You know? yeah. Like, yep. yeah, that's how it is. So, yeah, I agree. I, I, To me, the number is kind of... I've been around as like five or six. Some people who say the Bears win one or two games... This is going to be one of those games that I think the Bears lose, but it shows they're not the worst team in football. There's going to be other teams who look very bad week one and, to me, show themselves as clearly being worse than the Bears are. So, like the Lions. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, the way I look at stuff, like, did you have any other thoughts on the Bears? Or No, not I know, really. like you said, you'll no. talk more about it in full press Bears. but um, And on Scorecast. Yeah, I think I'm picking the Eagles to win this game. Lions are underdog, home underdogs getting plus four. Part of me likes that number. They definitely can beat the Eagles. I also get sick of people saying, we can beat the Eagles. Every game is a winnable game in the NFL. Like People saying, like, oh, we have a chance, or this team has no chance. Like Every game is technically a winnable game in any sport, but in the NFL especially, like, the Bills lost to, like, the Jaguars, and they at one point yeah. last year. Yeah. Like, they, it happens all the time. The The Packers got blown out week one by the Saints. Like, the Lions blew out the Cardinals. So, it's like, I get sick of people saying, oh, this is winnable, as if that proves anything. Of course, it's winnable. We're trying to say what we think is going to happen. I think the Eagles win this game. I really like Jalen Hurts. Like, I, I'm buying into their head coach. They made a lot of offseason moves. Sanders should be back. Like, 
I just think they're one of those teams that has too much talent on offense and defense for, I think, a Lions team that's going to be better but still rebuilding, still not good on defense. Our, our weakness on defense, especially as the linebackers, a running mobile quarterback is going to hurt you at times if that's your weakness. So I think it's just the Eagles are too much. The Eagles blew the Lions out last year. I know it's a different Lions roster, but the Eagles made improvements too. So um, I like, though, when I look at seasons, I look at like batches of games because I'm not going to accurately predict every game. But if I look at a group of like four games, how what do I think their final record coming out of that stretch is? What about the next four games? What about the next eight games? I think this is a game that the Lions can lose. I'm expecting them to lose, and it doesn't adjust my win total prediction yeah i mean if the lions get blown out maybe i'll kind of rethink things and say well that wasn't good but probably not like if the lions win i'm probably not gonna like they're gonna also lose a game i didn't expect them to so like i'm this is a game i'm not counting on for the lions to get to their seven wins that i expect um i think the so the first four games of the season eagles commanders vikings seahawks go two and two in those games and to me, this is one of the two you lose. If you win it, now you're ahead of schedule for your two and two you needed. Maybe you could look at going three and one. But basically, I expect two and two in this stretch. I think you lose this game. Um, well, I don't even know if I don't even set, know if I'd predict us to cover in this game. I think the Eagles win by a couple scores. Um, I just I, I'm really high on what the Eagles have this year. Real quick, I'm I'm going to comment on the Lions, but real quick. Like, just to give people perspective, all the three-win people for the Bears, listen to the Bears' schedule. Like, so 49ers, which I do think is a winnable game for the Bears. Like, sure, take yeah. take away the whole, yeah, any game's a winnable game, whatever. Winnable game. Yep. Bears-Packers, probably lost. Then you play the Texans, the Giants, the Vikings, the Commanders, all four weeks in a row. <clears throat> you should win two of those. <laughs> right. And then later in the season... You still play. You play the Lions still twice. You play the Falcons and the Jets. You should expect to beat at least one of the Falcons and Jets, and at least split with the Lions. That's two of those four. Point is, that's already over three. Like, yeah. Anyway, anyway, about the Lions. Bare minimum expectations. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. About the Lions. Um. two, Two different things. I envision two different things happening in this game. One is that, and I think both could be very likely. One is that the Lions come out vibes and confidence really high after being featured on HBO, hard knocks, um, after a lot of off-season hype leading behind them, and they squeak out a tough victory over the Eagles. I do see it happening. I think it, I, I, in fact... When I was first thinking about this game, I was kind of leaning towards this way. Like, the Lions kind of surprising people and winning in the first game. And maybe it's just me, from the Bears' perspective, cheering for the underdog. I'm not sure. But that was my initial thought. The second option is that the Eagles come out and they look like possibly the best team in the NFL. Like, Like, they'll come out looking like, oh, dang, the NFC landscape has changed. It's the Eagles number one then the rams then the buccaneers and the packers or whatever like especially if the cowboys lose to the bucks week one because that's a tough matchup and the eagles are at the top of their division yeah it feels like it could be like oh are the eagles the team to be at least in that 
I just don't know yeah. if Jalen Hurts is that good. That's my thing. Like he, I know he's a good fantasy yeah. quarterback. I don't know if he's truly that good of a quarterback. Like, but in any case, I the the Lions defense is suspect. I could see the Eagles, like, if in terms of the Eagles destroying, like I could see the Eagles hanging a forty piece on the Lions. Like I could too. in the sense yeah, of I like agree. making a statement for the country. And that doesn't mean the Lions too, don't like, play well. Like I could see it being like a right. I don't know, like a forty two to twenty eight game, which sure you lose by two scores, but like twenty eight points isn't anything to shake a stick at, if you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I think I don't know. Obviously, if the Lions win this game, I think I'll look at it as being like we kind of stole a game we weren't supposed to and we're ahead of schedule. Yeah. I don't expect to win the game. Um, is Jalen Hurts that good and are the Eagles that good? When you talk about like real contenders, maybe not, but they're clearly further ahead than the Lions are. And so like is Jalen Hurts going to be able to beat Stafford and Brady and people like that in the NFC playoffs? Maybe not. But I think he's plenty good enough to beat what will be. Even if the Lions defense improves, it's still going to be a bottom half of the league defense for sure. I guess so. I, yeah, yeah, and I guess I think he's going to have a big day. I guess what I'm saying is, like, like either I think it's a close win by the Lions or a blowout win by the Eagles. Like, if it's a close game, I'm picking the Lions to win, probably because they're at home. They've got that grit. They'll beat you with. One ass cheek and three toes, okay? Like, <laughs> right. that's what the Lions are bred to do. Um, and, I don't, and I don't think the Lions have it in them to blow out the Eagles either. So, yeah, I agree those that. two scenarios to me are off the, the table. Lions are gonna, I don't think the Lions are going to really blow anyone out this year because the way they're trying to play is running game, slow pace, you know, play action with golf. Yeah, I, I don't think the Lions are really built to blow anyone out, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. As long as DeAndre Swift gets me a bunch of points in fantasy, I will be happy. Yeah, I have him in one of my fantasy leagues, too. So, um, All right, cool. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of on the same page with how we think both games could go. Yeah. Um, so, for more NFL... I'm more excited just to have games and react, honestly. Definitely. Like, yeah. For more NFL thoughts, again, make sure you check out Scorecasks. We'll cover every game, what we think will happen. Um, it's a really fun show. We have fun doing it, so you'll want to check it out. Okay. We had a really good – we've had a good couple of weeks on college, too. We're all above, above 500, so we're yeah. making money. Yeah. Yeah, you want to check us out for sure. Um. Okay. So, the next sports topic is not really Chicago or Detroit related, but it affects both teams and from both cities. And that is the big NBA news that dropped, which is that Utah Jazz continue their fire sale and Donovan Mitchell – gets shipped to the Cavs. Um, I didn't even pay attention to all who was included in the deal. I know Laurie Markkinen was. I know he I was. Know I saw that one. They're Abaje from Kansas. Who they yeah. just drafted. He went. And then I think future first. Maybe more, but I can't remember who else. Sexton. Colin Sexton went. That's right. Which that is a that is a big piece. He was a He's a solid young player for them. So. But based on who else they have on that team, though. So so yeah. I, what I wanted to do is I wanted us to, considering where the Bulls are, where the Pistons are, consider how this could affect the futures for our teams 
or just anything you think about how it affects your team, the outlook on your team. And just to start, like, I, I don't think Donovan Mitchell going to the Cavs is like, I don't think that makes the Cavs like a contender. Like, it's not KD going to the Warriors. Yeah, like it makes the Cavs. People are blowing it out of proportion a little bit. Whereas last year the Cavs missed the playoffs, they make the playoffs this year. Okay, mm-hmm. so where does that affect the Bulls and Pistons initially? Simply that it's another team to compete for a playoff spot. Now, speaking on the Bulls side, let me just say this is a better. I don't want to get haters, but I'm going to. This is a better move than, in my opinion, than signing DeMar DeRozan. And the reason is because DeRozan's in his mid-30s. And Mitchell, how old is Mitchell? He's definitely younger than DeRozan. He's like 27 or 28, isn't he? Let's see. He might even be younger than that. Uh, 26. Yeah, so you have... Yeah, so he's entering his prime. And yeah, sure, you had to give up some players for him, but like... Really, you Larry Markkinen hasn't done anything in this league. Obaje is unproven. Stepped on a court exactly. And futures. Sexton's you know? the only yeah. f- sure, for sure thing that you're losing. And I know that, DeRo- by contrast, DeRozan was a free agent signing. And by the account of him being a free agent signing, it's great. But mm-hmm. I talked on the podcast a while ago about on an episode about how I wish the Bears were in the Pistons position because I like that the Pistons have Ivy and Cut and Cade and like Sadiq Bay and like they have all these young guys that are up and coming and they'll be in good a good spot to chase after big free agents next year and maybe maybe even go for a big trade this year, things like that. And the Bulls yeah. are pretty like I mean, the closest you got to was that there was talk about them going after Rudy Gobert, and that's like the close, the the furthest thing we got. And I'm sorry, even if the Bulls do go from Vooch to Gobert, like, are you are you serious? Tell, seriously, telling me that Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, and Rudy Gobert is a championship team? It's not. It's not like you. Kind of feels like the team's kind of established. You know. Basically, what I'm saying is that Donovan Mitchell going to the Cavs, one to me brings the cows in basically the same level as the bulls and in the end the calves at what level they're at they're going to maintain that for longer because mitchell is younger as opposed to derozan who has two years left on his deal and is older levine sure they just gave him a max contract but i think levine is what he is at this point he's a above average all-star player but he is not like a superstar he is a star but he is not a superstar and Vooch is fine Caruso's exciting like Lonzo Ball like there's reasons to get excited about the lineup but the honestly at this point I'll say it the Bulls only hope for being a championship contender in the Levine window in the DeRozan window is if Patrick Williams comes out this year looking like Kawhi, like everyone says he's going to. If Patrick Williams comes out and is Kawhi Leonard, 
then you can have a different conversation about how good the Bulls are. But as for now, this trade just made me open my eyes because I'm like, now you have another team that is in the East that is just as good as you and in the future will be better. Um, yeah. So that's my concern for the Bulls regarding this move. Yeah, I think, and that's where it affects the Pistons because I think this is a move that a lot of their younger players, they still have like Kevin Love and people like that that aren't going to be a factor. Ricky Rubio isn't going to matter when the Pistons are in their window. But like, so now you've got Evan Mobley. I think Karis LeVert is super underrated. Yep. Like I was a huge fan of him at Michigan. So like he's an underrated piece. But you're talking like Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. Obviously now you have Donovan Mitchell. Um I'm trying to think if I'm missing any like major ones. I know they have other. Didn't they have a solid player, Jarrett but. something? Jarrett Allen, yeah, yeah, their center. Uh, so I mean, I think that's where it does affect the Pistons. Is they could potentially still be good in two years, three years, when the Pistons hopefully would be in their position where i think what it hurts the pistons next year is the pistons my goal if everything goes well maybe you're vying for a play-in game spot and now that's one more team you have to be in that mix with yep but what it could actually hurt the pistons is in two years when that's another team you have to overcome but to me that doesn't bother me like you're gonna have teams like that are they like now an unstoppable team in the east i don't think so like if it's not them you're gonna have to play the bucks or the heat and so or yeah it doesn't Celtics. It doesn't to me feel like, yeah, it's like, okay, so now I have to maybe play the Cavs. Well, that means the Celtics are going to play the Heat and one of them gets eliminated. Okay, like, I'm no worse off. So I, that part, I, people, I think, are overreacting to that, saying now it's just one more team to beat. It's not like you have to play an extra series. Like, now one of those teams is going to beat another team for you anyway because you're playing the Cavs potentially. So Or the Cavs beat the Heat, and now it's like, hey, so now – I'd ra- I'd rather play the Cavs. Thanks, you know. So the Heat I, beat yeah, that part doesn't concern the me. The Heat beat their meat. Nice, yeah. lucky. Uh, so, it, yeah, I think it's an interesting move. I respect them making a bold swing at things. I think it's also funny how yeah, LeBron leaves, their championship window comes crashing down, but they turn things around pretty quickly. Like, yep, I respect the moves they've made to get who they have. Um, Evan Mobley is a really solid player what I've seen so far so yeah I don't know I I, I think it it moves the needle in the east but it doesn't break the league like some people have been saying it does agreed okay so at this time we would like to introduce you all to a new segment and it will be new segment new segment new segment it will be a limited a limited time segment um based on releases but we oh Oh, yeah yeah uh we are both fans because listen so we're both homeschooled which means we're both fans of the fantasy genre and especially the lord of the rings and unless you live under a rock you're probably aware that amazon has released the first few episodes of the most expensive television show in history called Lord the Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power and we've decided because we're big Lord of the Rings fans that we are going to dedicate some of our frustration nation time to talking about what we've watched and just things about the episodes so we are calling this Rings of Power ROP 
we're talking rop, rop, rop. That's some rings of power. Enjoy it. Here we go. Dwarves in this house. There's some dwarves in this house. There's some dwarves in this house. There's some dwarves in this house. I said certified elf. Grab the hobbit off the shelf. Rings of power. Make me want to elf myself. Woo. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you watching all the rings of power. See a hobbit and a orc in the rings of power. J.R.R. Tolkien is historic in the rings of power. Wake on up, Frodo, catch a string. Extra large and extra plain. Put this precious right in your face. Slip on your finger and can't be seen. Hop on top, I wanna ride. Sit on an eagle while Gandalf cries. Fool of a toque, don't look at the eye. Sauron is watching and you can't hide. Tie up Gollum like a thief. He threw the bread we wanted to eat. I want you to pluck that big hairy toe on those hobbit feet. From the Shire, from the Green, Elbill's birthday was quite a scene. He looked good, he looked clean, because he tells you, I got this ring. I got me swingle, he's fished down inside of me. Quick, give me the precious to see the better side of me. I tell him where to put it in the mountain of doom. Take Samwise Gamgee, if there's room, I use my sting. You bite my thing at the end of the return of the king. You always gotta fight in the end for fur. The whole army charging makes a great photo. Now get your staff and your cloak for the rings of power. He bought a phone just to stream all the rings of power. Puts off tuition just to forward to watch the rings of power and i'll go on prime if you want to see some rings of power look i need a great wizard i need a chain smoker and the finest south farling token more knowledgeable than al roko and gandalf's why he's gonna come over to win that battle in sequel two towers where he showed all his wizardly power showed the orcs to be some cowards after watching that battle i'm gonna need a shower you have my sword, you have my bow, you have my axe, you need your bros. I want you to take that little dangly ring that swings in the front of your throat. Cast into the fire in the mountain of doom. It's gonna be hard and great evil looms. So take this sword and take this chainmail. Your uncle, Bilbo, and you won't fail. Your honor, I'm afraid that Gondor calls for aid. The council of Elrond is who can save. The land from Wormtongue, that foul knave. Those Urukai are sure not okay. Battle of Helm's Deep, I'ma go deeper. The stakes couldn't be any steeper. Big D stands for cut beneath there. He's only in the extended feature. Let it be known, Aragorn is king. Frodo is the only one to deliver the ring. The dwarves, they like to sing. Well, in The Hobbit, it's his own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you watching all the rings of power. It's abbreviated rock for the rings of power. Give me popcorn and some pop for the rings of power. Now for L round, make a sound for the rings of power. Starts in the past off the top. That's the rings of power. I'm talking rock, rock, rock. That's the rings of power. J.R.R. Tolkien can't be stopped. It's the rings of power. Huh? Alright, so we had episode one and two released for us last week. By the time you're hearing this, episode three is probably out. But we had Shadow of the Past was episode one, and then Adrift was episode two. I don't re- I don't really remember specific plot lines from each episode. I just kind of viewed it all as one chunk. So uh, what about you, Sam? Yeah, Sam. I, I, I looked at this as like a just a premiere. I watched them back to back. Um, just kind of, I mean, so each episode was like an hour long, so yeah. it was like a full length movie between yep. the two. Um, and also just kind of kickoff point. So it's like, I wasn't expecting this to be like a closed loop. Wow. Look at how much character development there was in those two episodes. 
I'm looking at this as like if Amazon spent this much money, they're going to want to have this be for five or six seasons at least. And yeah. so there's pl- there's plenty of time to develop characters. I just wanted this to be let's get a, a glimpse at kind of what the characters look like, initial view, how good the effects are, and just what kind of setting this is that we're looking at. So I thought the first two episodes gave us a really good look at that. And I think to jump right in, I would just say I was impressed and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, Uh, Okay, so my initial reaction is it is probably one of the most visually stunning things I've ever seen in my life. Yep. But I am definitely on for TV shows. There's some movies. Yeah. But like to do this for a TV series, the budget just has to be insane. And as far as TV shows go, this is for sure the best I've ever seen. I would also say I am very intrigued about where the story will go. But based on the first two episodes, (laughs) excuse me, not so much the plot. But a lot of the characters are kind of falling flat for me. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair so, criticism. So, by the way, if you're listening to this and like you were wanting to watch, this is going to be like spoilers. We're going to talk about everything in it. Yeah. So, just so you know. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I, I'm – and I'm not – it's so hard. It's hard and unfair, really, to judge and criticize based on two episodes because for I don't want to be part of that crowd that's like, oh, I – you know – it's boring. I didn't like any of the characters. I don't really understand where it's going. There's no resolution or whatever. Because the fact of the matter is that looking at Game of Thrones, looking at like Westworld, looking at Breaking Bad, all of these are shows that are honestly very slow and honestly kind of boring at the beginning because they're establishing the characters, they're establishing the world. They're establishing all this stuff. There's a lot of information that you got to throw out there. And it's just like, let's get real. Breaking Bad doesn't really get good until like season three. Like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, I'm still working my way through that. I've only watched se- season one. But like season one. Seasons like two, three, and four are really good in that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I've heard. Like I- I've heard all, I've heard like five and six is like people have said five and six is peak television. Like. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Um, like Westworld, you gotta let it breathe a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, just, yeah for sure. I agree with. You. Um, and like The Office, I know it's a different genre, but everybody says season one of The Office is so bad, and I actually don't think it's that bad, but it's not great. And it's like, but yeah. if you can power through season one, then yeah, season two, it's like everybody understood who they were and their characters, and so anyway. The first disclaimer is just like, yeah, you got to give it time. But what did you think about the setting overall? So we see like, so my understanding is this takes place 3,000 years before the events of The Hobbit. So what did you think about like the opening scene with like Kid Galadriel? So the opening scene was really cool. I think... Okay, so they took a risk for sure hopping around to, like, what seemed like it was, like, four or five different sets of characters in all different locations. I think it works because they're assuming if you're watching this, you're already familiar with the world to some extent. So you're not going to get lost in it right away. Otherwise, it could have been a little much. In general, the reason the Lord of the Rings show worked so – or the movies worked so well, you start off kind of small – 
you get a glimpse of how big the scale is because you have that whole like prologue that Galadriel reads, mm-hmm. which I thought it was cool. They kind of did the same in this. It's mm-hmm. like a shout to that. Um, but so it's like, wow, this is a huge world. Lots of crazy stuff's happening. But then you're in the Shire and you stay in the Shire for like the first half of the whole movie. So it's like you kind of get a sense to, that you're growing with the characters yeah. to jump right away into like you're in five different locations jumping around. It f- could feel like a little much. I think they did it well, but they're kind of assuming you already understand this a little so, bit. Um, I, I don't think it was, I do think it was risky. I think they did it as well as they could. I do. I did feel very much like it was like game of Thrones where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, game of Thrones, yep. is like here we're in Winterfell. Now we're at the King's King's landing. Now we're yeah. over in, you know, Dothraki land and whatever. Like, it's like, okay. And they throw a ton of characters at you very early which this did my biggest issue with like jumping around and stuff is actually like the familiarity like a lot of these like i i'm i'm not like hardcore where it's like i've read every book and every like i've seen all the movies and i like all of them and i've seen all the original ones multiple times that's where i'm at with this i like i'd be way more excited if i saw names like the Shire or Hobbiton or Rivendell or things mm-hmm. like that. And the only name that's names like, names are like printed on your brain. Right. right? The only name, the names that are familiar to us are really, um, middle earth. Like that's the only name that's like, Oh, I know that. Mm-hmm. Or Galadriel and Elrond, obviously, cause we already knew them. So well, I'm saying, I'm saying like names point. of places. Yeah. And that too, like names of characters. Like I have a list of character names pulled up cause there's so many characters, I don't remember their names. Yeah. I'm just being honest. Like, And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think they're kind of also trusting we're going to give them time to bl- flesh these characters out, which I am, but it doesn't. none of them really grab you really well right away. Um, I'm willing to give it a chance to do that. Same, but same. There's going to be people who aren't because they're going to say these characters aren't likable. They're not... Uh, like I, I'm not. I've seen people say I'm not emotionally invested in any of these characters, and I don't think I really am yet either. But I don't think that's a negative thing. I think you're. Yeah. They're trying such a bold thing to have this huge, massive world, and so it's gonna take time to do that. If well, you had had two hours of like just the Hobbit girl, and after those two hours, I didn't feel <laughs> at all emotionally invested. That would be a problem because now I'm like, yeah. I should by now, you know. Okay, so Galadriel. Um, like, what was going to be my point with her? Um, I was so intrigued by the first 15 minutes of the first episode when she's like, you know, she gets bullied. Her brother saves her. Then her brother and her have this like special connection and this special moment together. And then he whispers something to her. We don't hear it. And they're talking about, I like, what is, like, that, yeah. the difference between lightness, light and darkness. And, like, it's a cool thing. And then they talk about how he went and fought in the battle against Morgoth and uh, Sauron and all this stuff. And then Sauron killed him. And then she's like, I took his sword and now it is my mission to kill Sauron. I was like, all right, I like this. This is a simple concept. Let's go. Like... Mm-hmm galadriel's on a revenge tour like that's what this show's gonna be about awesome they're in like they're trying to track down 
uh, Sauron all of a sudden. They're climbing this huge, like, frozen waterfall. They get into this ice cave. There's a snow troll. They find, like, the marking of uh, Sauron there and everything. Like I'm like, yeah. this is cool. I love it. And then all of a sudden, it's like... It's a classic quest, right? You're like, you know what yeah. you're doing. But then it's been, like, yeah. ignored ever since then. It was, like, the dopest 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes ever. And then it's like, oh okay, I guess we have to meet the humans now. And the humans are all yeah. being real dickish to all the elves. And, like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I was just like, oh, okay. And this one guy That's has part of the problem black milk the from his cow. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the other problem with the jump back and forth thing is inevitably everyone is going to like some lines better than others, yeah. which I did too. And I was like, oh, I'd rather just see more of the stuff with Elrond in the dwarves right Yes, now. that was the other good we part. Really, you know, it's like, why do we have to cut from that? And I know I, I can be patient. There's going to be plenty of episodes to see all that. But part of it is like, there's certain storylines that are as interesting to me. And I'm like, uh, do it now. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes on this, you know. All right. So, yeah. like, here's something that I'm like, eh, on. Well, no, not eh. I'm actually, like, more intrigued than maybe some people are. Okay. The whole thing between the human woman, I think I heard on a podcast today, her name is Bronwyn, who has her son, and then the elf. Yep. With the Bronwyn, Aaron Deer. Aaron Deer is the Okay, so Bronwyn and Aaron Deer. Okay. That whole thing with those two. I so yeah. here's the deal, their romance right now is far too cheesy Sucks. for me to take it yeah. seriously. I don't. Yep. I'm not buying it. I don't like. There's something else going on. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's that it doesn't work. I think there's something else going on. Something else that they're intentionally wanting you to think that will flip itself on its head because it's way too blatant and obvious. Like. It just is to me. Like either yep. Endel Deer or whatever his name is is gonna end up evil or Bronwyn is gonna like die all of a sudden at the beginning of episode three. Like something shocking is gonna happen that I think we won't see coming. I'd like that. I feel like it needs that because it can't just be a stale cliche romance. And <clears throat> there's some cliches in this that really work for me. Like you said, like the whole oh, I had a relationship with the brother. He whispers something which you don't hear. And then at the end of the second episode, you find out what he said. That's a cliche, but I liked it and it worked. There's cliches like the whole like man falls down in a fire, like a shooting star lands and there's a man in the middle and the fire is not hot and he doesn't speak any, doesn't speak her language. It's like a Superman cliche, but it worked. Like I, I enjoyed it still. The whole like cliche relationship thing didn't like some of the lines and stuff so i agree i think you need to kind of save that by you can't, that can't just be their plot like i think you need to have some kind of twist on that well i think for one it's super interesting so so okay one her son uncovers that black mystical like sword that. is it the sword of morgoth yeah. is it the sword of sauron it seems like a sauron thing to me it reminded me of um it reminded me of the swords of the um, uh, ring wraiths. Yes, the ring wraiths. That's what it reminded Where me. Where it of. like melts when Frodo yes. gets stabbed with it or whatever. 
Yes, that's I what like that a lot. Of. And it, and it's like I love. So the son is annoying. He's a, a super annoying kind of character. I get that vibe, which you need some characters like that that you can hate. Because I feel like as the show goes on, he's going to betray someone or he's going to do something stupid. Everyone's going to hate him. But you're, that's what gets you emotionally invested. Well, I think what's interesting about Maybe the son, his mom dies because he screws something up. You know, whatever it is. Well, I think you need a character like that. It's like the Game of Thrones effect where everybody hates Joffrey. It, it pulls you into the story, though. You know? I think what's interesting about this boy is that, to me, I, I didn't necessarily get the vibe that he's like a bad dude, but mm-hmm. he seems like somebody that could be very heavily influenced by this mystical sword. Like, yeah. whatever this blade is that is slowly assembling itself with like clearly like dark magic or dark powers of some sort, like I could totally see it like corrupting the boy like that wouldn't surprise me also we ended episode two with Aaron Deer being like apprehended by some monster in the ground Mm -hmm. so does he get corrupted what happens there you know so as much as I didn't really care for his character yet and I'm giving it a chance that whole scene where he's like in the water tunnels and they're chasing him and stuff even though I wasn't tied to, like, I really hope his character lives, I was still, like, on edge for that scene. It was, yeah, me it too. was shot really well. The lighting was really good. I, it's a huge pet peeve. Game of Thrones did this. When they have a big battle or fight and it's so dark you can't even see. Like, the lighting and the, the shots were good that you could see what was happening. Yep. I, the show also had several moments. It did this with the hands coming behind him. It did this when, like, the Hobbit girl looked up and there was a wolf. That you kind of see in the back, that like was it's a little blurry, spooky. and then it starts to move, and you're like, "Oh, that was something." You see him in the tunnel, like hands are coming behind him, and you notice them right as they grab him. So it's like the the way scenes are shot is very good, to where like even if you aren't super invested in the characters yet, it's pulling you into the action. The whole scene where they're fighting the orc that was awesome. Was I love electric. I, it was awesome. I love too that it's a close-up combat because so much like yep. medieval fighting is like, Oh, we're out in a big open field and it's like this huge army against this huge army. Um, and like the, like in return of the King, when like Legolas is on top of all the elephants and stuff, like it's cool, yep. but like, I love how this was small scale, like a mom and a son against an orc. And I've told you before the show that like, that the orc is like, very zombie like in this which i think is really Mm -hmm. cool i just i guess one thing i would say with him being zombie like with jumping around and stuff i hope they don't get too much criticism that it's just like stealing from game of thrones because that's you know Mm -hmm. could be something that could could happen but in the end yeah in the end i i really liked that as well i have to say here's another note on the work real quick like this is kind of i i've I don't know if this is actually a term for it or whatever, but I consider it like the Walking Dead effect where the zombies have been in the show for so long. And I used to be a big Walking Dead fan. I haven't recently because it's just been dragging on too long. Um, the, the zombies start off or the walkers start off being really scary. The characters are all scared of them. You're scared of them. When you see one, it's a big deal. By like season seven or eight, they're just props. Like yep. a character can kill 80 of them. It doesn't even matter. 
nobody's scared of them. Uh, I can't remember the last time a walker killed a person. It's always people killing them or, like, a person shoves you into a pile of them. But, like, they don't, like, sneak up on you and kill you anymore. Right. So, Lord of the Rings, by the end of Lord of the Rings, Legolas and Aragorn, they're killing 60 orcs at a time. Like, which is cool because the characters have progressed to that point. But when you start a new show, I want the sh- the characters to feel weak enough compared to the enemies that like one orc feels like a hard thing to kill and so it started off that way where it's like i was like is this gonna be like a ring wraith or sauron or what's this like crazy monster and it's just one orc yeah but it sets the stage really well to where one orc scares you that much and then oh but there's a whole army of them you know like i was afraid it'd start off with the orcs already being so easy to kill you, you kind of get what I'm saying? Where it's yeah. Like, it's like, or it's, it's like in Star really well. It's like in Star Wars with like the battle droids or the stormtroopers, where yeah. it's like they're just disposable yep. or they're not really terrifying yeah. at all. Anyway. Um, so okay. I thought it was set up really well. Yeah. I, so I like, I love the open thread that leaves. So like a lot of the show showed like Galadriel talking with the elf king and Elrond and all this stuff about how. Like, oh, my mission is to go find Sauron. And they're like, we haven't seen Sauron in forever. We haven't seen an orc in forever. That They're probably gone. Let's just move on with life. And I love that, first of all, that she denies, like, going into, like, the eternal life thing in order to continue her mission to find Sauron. And two, I love that the, the orc appears at the end of episode two as like no like this is just one orc that exists that is there and we know that erendir found the tunnel what else could that be leading to we had the asteroid that fell with the giant in it and i don't quite understand everything going on there but yeah i don't know it's interesting so I wonder if he's going to be like a wizard or something. Yeah. I don't, I'm My curious. first thought when what the giant fell and they showed the like the like the overhead shot. My first thought was I was like oh, they're going to show the birth of Mount Doom. I was like um yeah. Cuz cuz my thought my thought was like maybe they're going to show that this mount is actually this volcano is actually like a living breathing thing and like this is like mm. the embryo the giant was like the embryo of it like with the, all the fire around it and i thought that yeah. it's like over the throughout the seasons that it would slowly build to be the full-sized mountain that would have been a cool concept because then you could tie the ring to a person or something yeah that's interesting and that's what's going to be fun is like what kind of things and this gets to another note but like what kind of things are they going to do that it's like oh that's so like the elf and dwarf thing that's part of the reason why the elves and dwarves don't like each other. Like things that make you do with a prequel. That's like, Oh, that kind of explains why in Lord of the Rings, this happened. It's tricky when you're, you're working with something that already has source material. So like the whole thing with Tolkien's already written stuff. You can't contradict that. Lord of the Rings fans are some of the most insufferable fan, like most insufferable fan base. They're not as bad as Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans are bad too. It's just it, I, a lot of it's just the fantasy thing. Like I, part of me can respect like, hey, you're loyal to Tolkien and the source material, and you want it to be done well. Some people though, like, are so miserable they refuse to be 
happy with anything. Like this could have been done any way, yeah. and they people wouldn't have liked it. Right. The whole thing with people leaving negative reviews. Amazon had to pause reviews on this thing, like because people were leaving terrible reviews. It's not that bad, whether you like it or not. Whether there's slight things you think could have been changed. I go into this not expecting it to be the movies and not expecting it to be as good as the books. And so I'm entertained by it. Like yeah. so many people are just like, this is the worst thing ever made because of X, Y, and Z. It's, it's, like, it's it, yeah. And every show is different. Like I already cited examples of shows that were a slow start getting going. Uh, it's yeah. like everybody's trying, every streaming service is trying to find their version of stranger things where it's like, this nonstop binging show like you can't wait your heart is beating the whole episode like you can't wait till the next moment stranger things is a unique show that they're able to do that like stranger things has always been good from the beginning Mm -hmm. and it's going to be hard for any show to be able to replicate what stranger things has done like and i don't know I, i i really think I, I really think people just need to give it time. Like, I think that by, like, episode five, there's going to be a lot of people eating crow about this show. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a good take. So, um, I was cool. a little confused about the Harfoots because, yeah, like, so I'll be honest. My wife was talking to me a little bit throughout this, so I, I was in and out at times. But, like, when I first saw the Harfoots, I was like, okay, they're hobbits. And then... At one point, I was like, wait, are they hobbits or are they fairies? I was like, I'm so confused. And it's then there's to the be giant. kind of like hybrid early version of. So th- it's like. The Is that ever stated, though? Of a hobbit or something. I think so. Like in Tolkien's original stuff, it's said that like Harfoots or whatever they're called were like the early ancestors of hobbits. Yeah, but so in like the show, was it said that of... that Harfoots are hobbits? I don't think so no so like they give you clues like with the hairy feet and stuff that you can take that suggestion but it was still like it would have been helpful if they stated like if some i don't know there's impossible for someone to state something that is yet to come but in any case and i was i was skeptical because like the main girl her name is nori brandyfoot and i was like that's a very hobbit name well, it's like Brandy Buck right. is a name, and then something, anything foot also sounds like Hobbit, yeah. Maybe it's more implied. I'd have to listen back and see. That's something where it'd make more sense if you had, like, a narrator talking over it, but they're not really going for that then, so. Well, yeah. I, I, mean, I was okay with it. I'm okay kind of filling in the pieces on it, but, yeah, it wasn't I No, and I'm fine. I'd rather, I'd rather not be told, like, oh, these are going to be Hobbits later. Like that, I don't right. want that. That's dumb. It could have been, but for sure, for sure. I was, I was confused because I was like, oh, I guess I don't know. These must be new creatures. And then all of a sudden, online, I see people being like, oh, the hobbits, 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 hobbits. I'm like, oh, I guess they're hobbits then. Okay. Yeah, they're not quite hobbits. So yeah, like I think people just call them that as a placeholder because it's it's easier than being like, oh, technically they're ha- whatever, you right? Know? But yeah. I think they're like the early predecessors of hobbits, which is cool. Like, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see like how they show that. I think they're going to be really similar to hobbits. And I thought too, the girl, uh, like the two girls, honestly, both of them, I liked their characters. Yeah. Out of, out of all the characters, I'm kind of the most, not the most, but like there's some of the ones I'm more invested in. Um, 
Like, I think I could see them being, it's kind of, you kind of get the vibe from her. It's kind of like the girl from Game of Thrones. What's the, uh, uh, the dot, the younger of the daughters, um, um, shorter hair. Oh my goodness. You've been watching it recently. There's Sansa and then there's Arya. Yeah. Arya Stark. It's like, you kind of get that where it's like, she starts off kind of like. The innocent but, like, inquisitive girl who then, like, finds this adventure and grows and, like, becomes this, like, super awesome, badass character. Like, there's a ton of potential for her character to develop. I thought she was interesting. And it's that's another one of those cliches that I – but I like it where it's, like, I live in a group of super simple people, but I'm the one who's, like, the troublemaker because I'm so inquisitive and adventurous and I don't fit in because I'm, you know mm-hmm. – it's like the Lord of the Rings with Bilbo and f- like with Frodo, you know? yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I I I think in the end of the show, I mean, it's it, by the end. I mean, I really think that this. Excuse me. I fully like the trailers made it seem like Galadriel was the main character. I'm less sold on that now. Like, I do think she's a big deal, mm-hmm. but like. The second episode, there was Elrond had as much screen time as she did, and he was doing something basically as important as she was. And it's like, so I almost feel like Elrond and Galadriel are together, like main characters, and then like this Nori and Poppy, they're like the main characters from the Hobbits. Then on the human side, you have the Bronwyn and then her son. Like, you can kind of see how they're. Well, plus, El- or Galadriel now is with that like guy sailor. Right human sailor whatever yeah. i feel like he's being set up to be some kind of character aragorn so it's kind of like set groups of two or three yeah right <laughs> it's like groups of two or three characters tied together yeah um yeah so i i don't know it's all very will... interesting i also heard this so this is apparently there's mixed opinions on what this show is based on some people are saying it's based on the silmarillion but it's not from what I've heard. I heard people say that Amazon doesn't have the rights to the Silmarillion. So the yeah, Lord of the Rings yeah. rights are apparently really complicated. So I think it's like Warner Brothers or something owns the rights to all of the Lord of the Rings material. But it's like they own the rights to all the published material. So this show was basically an original idea that was based on the works of Tolkien. And this original idea was then put up for sale and Amazon won the bid. So Amazon, like this made up show is like the extent of what they can do. So it is basically, yeah, you're right. I'm curious Um, to see what they do. Like being that they, being that the show takes place 3000 years before the Hobbit, it gives you plenty of time to work with. You could have as many seasons as you want, really. Um, yeah. but it's also like the problem with shows like this is like when you establish from the top, like Morgoth is this bad guy and then Sauron I'm hunting Sauron. It's like, okay, so we already know, like there's not going to be a bigger bad than Morgoth or Sauron. So it's like mm-hmm. whenever, when, whichever season they decide for them to finally meet and fight is great. But once that season's over, it's like, now what? It's like, it's like in yeah. friends, like the first two seasons they kept teasing Ross and Rachel, Ross and Rachel, Ross and Rachel. And finally in season three, Ross and Rachel get together 
And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I liked I actually liked season five, I think is my favorite of Friends, but a lot of people say that after season three, Friends goes downhill. Because it's like your main plot point has now been resolved. So yeah. now what? You know? And unless you're doing really good at like building up secondary points to where it's a seamless transition well now it just makes sense we already know what the next plot point is yeah then you're left it seems like you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next right. so yeah yeah that's a good point i think too um oh, i kind of lost my train of thought um i'm sorry sorry what was the first part of that you were saying the i was just talking oh the source stuff yeah so the, it, yeah it's i think for what i've heard that's right they have the rights to the lord of the rings original trilogy like the series trilogy of books and the appendices that were written in that but not the cimmerillion because that's like a standalone book so they said hey do we have the rights to the lord of the rings stuff they said yes and they said does that include the appendices it's like um sure yeah that's fine um so they had the ability to do a remake if they wanted of the movies but they decided because which was smart if they tried to do a remake of that (laughs) the criticism would be that much worse if you you can't remake a classic like that if <laughs> like i wouldn't want to try to recast aragorn and frodo and all you know like the only way to remake destroy the lord of the rings is to do a like an a computer animated version and yeah. do it where like yep. it's like true blue to the book like you're not missing a single thing like that'd be the only way but the first ones are done so well it's like and with the extended editions it's like why even bother I just don't think like the same with Harry Potter. You can never remake Harry Potter. To me, you've got to do spin-offs or extended universe stuff. Like you, yeah, you just once it's been done that well. Um, so I they do have like the original storyline, maybe The Hobbit, but I doubt it because those movies were more recent. But like the appendices is basically yeah, like in the original books, just like his notes at the beginning and end of the book. So with that you can kind of do whatever you want because it's for super open open-ended and they're bo- the source material for this is more just like random genealogies and descriptions tolkien wrote um so i think they bought the rights to this from the tolkien estate so like his family gave them the rights to this so so yeah i think there's tons of ways they can go yeah i haven't done a lot of looking into like what people's theories are for what the final plots are going to be or any of that or how many seasons or anything i'm kind of just i'm absolutely going to be watching for the foreseeable future i'll be trying to watch episodes like the day they come out same because uh, i want to keep up on this for sure so i want to run through some of my thoughts some of my like humorous thoughts throughout the show um yeah so i was texting you as i was watching it um so the first thing really is just that well no we'll end with that so um okay first thing i noticed galadriel is a smoke show yeah she's hot um i (laughs) i yeah next comment all right i'll I I, text, I mean, what else could be said? It's, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna weird. talk about when she got her like kind of like white sheen dress wet. Oh yeah, jumps in the water. Yeah, like, <laughs> rewind, rewind, rewind. That's a moment that pause. Wait, no, that's it. Pause. It. Eleven, 
11-year-old me would have worn that spot on the DVD pretty thin. <laughs> uh, see, that was that was 11-year-old me was wearing the spot on episode 6 Revenge Star of Star Wars. Yes. Yep. Yep. I already knew. Yeah. Yep. Um okay. Um I also texted you and I said I've just noticed that like I said I've noticed that Rings of Power made Elrond and Galadriel way hotter than in the original films. And you were like, yeah, but that's like nine, it's like 3000 years later. It's like, okay, but they could have ca- like, think about how Hugo, Hugo weaving is not the most attractive person in the world. No, he's not. like they could have cast somebody that looks like Hugo weaving and they didn't. Yeah. So here's, I wonder if this is intentional. If it's not, I think it still works. So Galadriel, I think it's you can see like the parallels a little better. With him, though, I think they're going to set this up to be like when Isildur betrays him, that's the moment that broke him. So it's like he's going to be set up to be – I was talking to somebody at work about this today. He's like this optimistic young elf who's like super fiery personality. He's like – outlook on the world is super optimistic and he's set up to be like broken when he's betrayed by men um so i think they're setting that up to make sense where it's like he's kind of a lot different than the elrond from the movies he's more serious and negative you know so yeah um i think he's cast really well he's a really whether he's the same or not as from the movies i he's a really good actor and i thought he's one of the better actors in the show i've seen so far um like he's super charismatic and yeah i think just quality of acting wise he's one of the better characters yeah i agree with that um that that's interesting an interesting point you bring up um i i don't know i let me just run through some of my other thoughts i had um one was that the elf king to me looked like they were casting a young liam neeson yeah, it does. He like when I saw him, like no facial hair, Liam Neeson. No, dude, when I saw him, I was like, "Wait, did they de-age Liam Neeson?" And then I'm watching it. I'm trying to listen. I'm like, "Is it gonna be Liam Neeson's voice?" I'm like, "This is just like some random dude voice." I was like, "This looks like they took Liam Neeson and then de-aged him." And then like <laughs> yeah. the the commander of whatever that Elrond works with. Oh, the weapons guy or whatever. The yeah, forge Admiral Cumberbund yeah. or whatever. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> I think all these people look like this. Just he looks like Willem Dafoe British to me. Cast. Yeah, I think it's just being a British cast. Everyone uh, kind of looks like and another then British. Actor. Even Elrond reminds me. If you remember the YouTuber Julian Smith? Yeah. He <laughs> looks like that. Julian Smith to me. Like I'm just starting to be yeah. like, did they just cast people that look like other people? <laughs> like... What? You just don't even remember their character name. You just call them like, oh, Julian and yeah. Liam. Right. Yeah. That could work. <laughs> yeah. Help people connect to characters more. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, man. Um. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have that many other. Oh, well, the other discussion was just um, there's been a lot of outrage and you kind of hinted at it where people are upset by there being like. Aaron Deer is a black elf and there are also mm-hmm. and like people are all outraged by it and whatever and it's frustrating because we talked about it ad yeah. nauseum off the show but it's like guys it's made up characters like we already established these characters are not even 
in the books really of Lord of the Rings. Like these are but like elves are white. Elves aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it's right. It's the stupidest <laughs> thing. People get this idea in their head of like, oh, but it takes place in medieval times and in medieval times they're white. And it's like just because it's just because there's knights and stuff doesn't mean it's medieval times. It's literally a made up world. In, it doesn't happen in Europe. Right. <laughs> like it, it takes place in a setting that's similar as far as like the weapons and the way their buildings are and stuff. But it's a whole different world. Like nobody complained that they were blue in Avatar because, oh, this is Native Americans. Right. It's like a whole different planet. Maybe there's some inspirations there and stuff, but like it's not supposed to be the same. And then and then like I think it's ironic that everyone's outraged. Oh, the elves are black. There's black elves, all this stuff. And it's like there's also black dwarves in this show. There's a black hobbit in this or Harfoot in this show. Like, ironically, yeah. there's, like, not a black human. Like, everything, all the other creatures have, like, a black representative, and everyone's upset about made-up things having a, like, we talked about, like, representation. It's, like, like basically, the way I see this is that the creators of the show were, like, look, what is one thing they did bad in the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies? There wasn't enough representation. So we're going to change that. We're going to make it better, more accessible to everybody. Yep. And I don't see what's wrong with that. Like, there's more female lead no characters problem. in the show, too, with Galadriel and Nori and Bronwyn. Like, I don't. are people complaining about that, too? Probably somewhere. But it's, Probably, yeah, I'm sure. I have no issue with that. I don't see how you could have an issue with that either. It's like if you're rewriting. Okay, here's where I still wouldn't have a problem. It's a made up story. It's just I get where people could have a problem if you rewrite existing characters to be different race or different gender or whatever. Like and you're upset by that. Okay, because it's not the same. Okay, sure. Or if you're rewriting an actual historical event, it's like, hey, we're going to rewrite the story of braveheart but it's going to be uh taking place in like with all this other different uh, like ethnic group or something okay because that's not historically accurate but if there's a creative reason they did it i'd be okay with it but i get why people would maybe raise their hand and say i don't know about that this event these the story's never been written this isn't a real characters or a real setting so what like did Tolkien explicitly write somewhere, if a story is ever written about these notes in the back of my book, I want these characters to be white. Like, I, I don't understand why anyone yeah. cares or why anyone thinks it's like a slight to Tolkien's original works at all. It doesn't make sense to it, me. But. Yeah, so to me, like, Marvel's been doing it a little bit where, like, so in the new Black Panther movie that comes out in November... Um, namor is being introduced namor has historically either been white or asian and in this one they're making namor and the atlanteans like native americans and like they're they're a lot of their design and everything is based on aztec culture and people are and aztec mythology is also part of it in my understanding and I don't know if people are upset by this, but it's like you shouldn't be because this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of Namor. Like, if you want to read white Namor, then go read the comics. Like, you don't like right. th- that exists. Or like, there's been rumors lately that 
Denzel Washington is going to be cast as the new um, Professor X for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think would be awesome. But yeah, he's a great actor. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you start a new universe, you can recast everybody and it's fine. Like, okay, yes. cool. That's what he is in this. You're going to recast him anyway. It's like, you're going to have to get used to a new Professor X either way. So who cares? You know? Now, yeah. if you, now, if you were like, all right, we've cast, you know, we cast Jim Carrey to play Martin Luther King. Okay. <laughs> right. That's a problem. <laughs> like, Right. Like, you can't do that. And, like, also, like, oh, we cast, you know, um, Denzel Washington to play George Washington. Right. In a super serious, like. <laughs> yeah, in a serious role. Uh, it doesn't Revolutionary War movie. It's yeah. like, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> to yeah. me, like, representation of characters and having diversity in shows is, like, the bare minimum that, to me, isn't even a political statement. That's just something you're doing. That's just, like, a nice gesture. People are turning this into a political statement like, oh, they're being woke or they're doing this. I don't want tons of politics in my shows. Like, I don't want to have, like, be preached at when I'm watching something. But this, to me, if people hadn't been outraged about it, I wouldn't have even noticed. Like, I would, the thought wouldn't have crossed my mind, that's weird that the elves are black. Like, it, it wouldn't, it's not even a part of the plot. Like, they're not making a political statement. It's just something the character is. Like, it's not, you know... Yeah, it, to me, if they were, if there was very clear messages as far as, oh, this in this episode, the elves are trying to shut down the capitalist factory in the forest. It's like, okay, now it feels like I'm being preached at a little bit, right? I, you know, or like, like, like if <laughs> if like in the next episode, Aaron Deer is like, you know, is like killed or you know killed or beaten to within an inch of his life by a bunch of white orcs, like. Oh, this is a message of like police brutality. Like some right. stuff that it may be a little too It's like all right. Yeah. But like it, even Episode even if 17 Sauron steals the election. <laughs> even if they did that, I wouldn't care cuz it's like it's a fantasy you can still setting. Make a, yeah, and I if I know it's a political commentary and that's what you're doing. All right, I can even if it's well done be like, "Hey, I whether I agree with the point you're making or not." Like I go into it knowing this is a political thing, so even that's fine. Um, to me, though, this is just such a non-issue. Yeah. I, like, if you're if you're complaining about this, I feel like you're looking for a problem, or you're looking to make everything a political issue when it doesn't need to be. Like, yep. just enjoy the show, or don't enjoy the show, just based on its merits as a plot. Yep. Like, this doesn't need to be a problem. <laughs> My last comment is: I've just been confused as to why all the Harfoots speak with Irish accents. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's like a leprechaun tie, yeah. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is like, interesting. <laughs> even even the even the black Harfoot guy, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, the skies are changing up there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. At first, I was like, okay. maybe it's just the actors are Irish. But then it was like, okay, so they're just making them yeah. do that. Puppy, there'd be a giant over there. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. all right, we get it. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Tolkien yeah. wasn't Irish. So I don't know where. Yeah, I don't get that either. It's, it definitely. I mean, I'm fine if you just like, hey, in this world, 
this this group of people has an accent and rather than try to like create one of our own that sounds really awkward we're just gonna pick one for them to have because uh, like, that's probably the easiest way to do it but it does it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> but like look at like the original ones like sure there are some irish ones like what about second breakfast like that's very like irish sounding <laughs> and even frodo yeah. has like a british accent but then like samwise Gamgee's over here going potatoes like yeah, that's a very... I, and he's just like, like I'm sorry, Mr. Frodo. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they... Yeah, that's... Yeah. True. It was just weird. Anyway. It feels like they're just trying to make it clear. Yeah, this group has its own dialect, and we're just going to pick one that's already existing, just so it's, like, distinct, and not give any thought to why it's that at dialect. It's not... And you're... I know you're not saying this. It's not like... It doesn't matter to me as far as oh, I don't, it's yeah. more just something you, funny. you just chuckle at it. You're like, that's funny. <laughs> what do you think you know? will be the, like, when do you think we'll get, like, the first wizard? Because I feel like there's going to be uh, one. I feel like it's going to be, like, a season finale kind of thing. You think? Where it's, like, I think it's, like, oh, tune in for season two to see the super powerful wizard that we've teased at the end of it, the season or something. All right, you know, real quick. Or a mid-season thing. Do a controversial casting for a young Gandalf. Go. Ooh. Really controversial would be like... Ezra Miller. <laughs> that would be controversial. <laughs> Amber Heard. So like really controversial, yeah, would be like, oh, they do have a woman play young Gandalf. People would lose their shit. But, um, Just like Amber Heard did. Like, she lost it inside of Johnny ooh. Depp's bed. <laughs> Um, as far as ones I could actually see, Tom Holland would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like a very young Gandalf. Just because he's a big name got actor right now, he's played in like fantasy Marvel Universe kind of stuff already. People would hate it. Especially because I think wizards like Gandalf, they're not human. I think they're supposed to like... They kind of come into the earth as being that age, and they stay that way. They're like they're not humans; they don't age the same way. Well, that so takes I don't away think the it fun. would make sense to have like a young Gandalf. But if so, like I could, can you imagine the fan base's reaction? You have Tom Holland show up. Here's Gandalf the Gray. Here's something controversial. He's got his staff and everything. How about like Shia LaBeouf shows up? Like I love Shia LaBeouf. I feel like he'd act the crap out of that role too. He'd do a great job. <laughs> or, 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 no. Here's here's the correct answer. We have John Hedder as Napoleon Dynamite comes <laughs> in like a wizard. Like you know how he throws a wizard out of the. Isn't he the one that throws a wizard out of the bus at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, the toy. It's like an action figure. Or yeah, right? but it's a wizard, right? Yeah, I think it's a wizard, and it's, yeah, it's maybe. fitting. So I think it's a sign. <laughs> Okay, that might be one thing that makes me all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch this show. <laughs> hey, no, hey, no, I would watch it. Hey, sure. Nori, my lips hurt real bad. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Anyway, cool. Any other thoughts? No, I think it's a good start. It's late, and maybe I we have won't have poop. as many thoughts normally. Yeah, this show just started, and it was two episodes this time, so we'll see where we go moving forward. But I'm yeah, hoping. I'll be honest. I was not able to be laser focused as i want i'm hoping to do more of like a step-by-step breakdown of each episode so next week okay look for like more sp- it should be one episode yeah it's only one episode so we'll do that yeah. next week for sure awesome cool. well i have no grievances on that note me either i just need to poop so 
with that, I will just say thank you all for listening to Frustration Nation. If you get frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, please make sure you subscribe to this show. Reach out to us at frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. Leave us a five-star review and leave some really either awful or nice comments. I don't care. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon, which still doesn't exist, or on Venmo tip jar for one dollar which is one i think it's one seven hundredth million of how much the lord of the rings the rings of power show cost to make we appreciate the support now get out there and gaze at galadriel rop rop rop